the secret to bartering your business on today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by FreshBooks. Accounting and bookkeeping mistakes destroy thousands of small businesses every single day. Bookkeeping doesn't have to be hard. Turn to the number one invoicing software for small businesses. Start for free today at servnomaster.com backslash FreshBooks. Are you tired of dealing with your boss? Do you feel underpaid and underappreciated? If you want to make it online, fire your boss and start living your retirement dreams now. Then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Serve No Master Podcast, where you'll learn how to open new revenue streams and make money while you sleep. Presented live from a tropical island in the South Pacific by best-selling author Jonathan Green. Now, here's your host. I've been going through a lot of negotiations recently and shifting uh, several of my projects. When you're growing your business, there are two key elements that control your net profit, how much you make and what you spend. We've spent a lot of time in previous episodes and in some of my books talking about your primary skills, what you have to offer. And everyone has something, areas of expertise, things you understand or know about or have more knowledge about. And we've talked a great deal about selling those skills, but what about trading them or bartering them? And recently I went through several critical negotiations that gave me a great deal of freedom. Once you begin to have a value, a fixed number for what you charge for different things, for example, I have a pretty solid set of numbers for what I charge for writing a book, a ghostwriting project, writing a product, creating a product for someone, or even for writing a sales letter, whether it's long form or a video sales script. It becomes much easier to barter something when you have a feeling for what it's worth. When we think of bartering, most of us think of trading like a fish for a loaf of bread, but it's hard to know their relative value. Only when you're living in that culture for a long time do you know how easy it is for you to catch a fish versus how difficult it is for you to make a loaf of bread. Sometimes people will have products and services that you want access to, but you can't afford the cash outlay. You're still growing your business. You can't afford to take the money out. One of the things that you can do is approach the business owner and say, hey, I'm really interested in this course. Is there something I can do in exchange for access? And when you're first starting out, sometimes you'll offer reviews or analysis, and that's very valuable. It's a great way to start out. They give a lot of people early access to books or courses in exchange for helping me with those components. It really makes a difference for me to have that covered in advance, to get someone to go through a course for me and check for mistakes. Recently, someone went through the entire early version of Kindle Sniper for me, watching all the videos looking for glitches, and in about 60% of the videos, one word or two words had gotten cut off. For some reason, in the compression, many of the videos had gotten damaged. And when I went through, I caught about a third of the damaged videos, but it turns out I missed a bunch. So just having someone go through looking for those specific things, and they set me with each video the exact moment something was wrong. That's really valuable to me because it would take me a huge amount of time to watch the videos, which are filled with content I know because it's my voice. This is a very basic way you can barter your way into getting access to courses. If you want to go to conferences and you want to meet the people at conferences, you can contact someone running a conference and say, is there a way I could intern or volunteer at this conference? And oftentimes you can volunteer and become the personal assistant from one of the speakers or become one of the primary helpers. Just by offering to help out in certain ways, you can get to attend an entire conference for free and get access to the more elite people. This is another way to barter or skill share as you're working your way up. Maybe there's a service you want to hire. In my case, I'm working with a very expensive company that has Facebook ads. 
and they're looking to build another part of their business and they said, would you be interested in writing some books for us rather than paying the monthly fee? And I said, of course. And we came out to a number that actually, the ratio of books to months I get for each book I create is almost exactly the same as I would charge if I was doing a flat cash fee. So it's a really good value for both of us, both in what we're getting and in the cash. And we're actually setting up multiple deals and this is really gonna help me grow my business. And what happens is I can take that money that I would have spent paying them and instead use it for runway, use it for ads budget, which is really where you wanna spend your money when you're running ad campaigns. This means I could spend three times as much money as my ad campaigns as I was before. It's wonderful. You might find that you can turn your outs, your expenses close to zero simply by offering services or things you're already an expert at that aren't difficult for you. Now, to accomplish the exact same thing, I could easily go out and find a new client. I could find more ghostwriting clients write a book for them, get paid, then use that money to pay this person. We're simply simplifying that process and it's making life a lot easier. Chasing down clients and seeking clients all the time, it's not a dream come true for me. Yes, I do some ghostwriting. I choose projects that I really love and I'd rather ghostwrite for people or work on projects for people that I have a good relationship with or that there's a long-term benefit too. I look for other elements as well when I'm taking on projects. And especially after the financial costs of all the medical stuff for my family over the last two months, taking care of my wife and all the things that happened in the hospital. If you're on the email list, you know what I'm talking about. That stuff was very expensive and really ate into my buffer. And so now I said, hey, is there a way we can do some type of barter so I can have some breathing room to focus on growing and rebuilding my buffer and just lighten some of the stress on me in the short term? and it's really helping. And we're both excited about it because there's benefits to both sides and that's how you know you have a good barter. So as you're looking for ways to move forward, once you have that list of skills, the things you have to offer, you can then find people that are interested in that trade. For example, if you're very good at writing sales letters, someone else very good at writing products, one path is partnership, but another path is bartering. You write a sales letter, they make a product. You write a second sales letter, they make a product, and one's yours and one's theirs. They have two side-by-side -side businesses that are in a friendly relationship. As part of the growth of my business, I've taken on more employees. I now have four people that work for me, which is a lot, and they're all working on things that I physically can't do anymore. Because of the problems with my eyes, I have to spend less and less time on the computer, and I have to spend more and more time managing a team and that means every week the first money goes to staff salary. The first money that comes in has to go to paying them. This is one way of growing your business and another way is doing skill shares. And sometimes you can do this with an internship program where you're training labor for knowledge. That's another form of bartering. And sometimes when you're starting out, you can only be the intern, you can't be the mentor. So you really need people to do work for you on things that you stink at. Some people message me all the time. There's a guy in one of my Skype groups for some software that I use, always posting. Oh, I'm not good at anything technical. Does someone want to be my new business partner? My business partner left me. Oh, I don't know how to do this. What do I do? And he eventually messaged me directly once and said, oh, will you help me set up something? And I quoted him. I said, look, if you want me to help you, it's going to cost money. I don't do stuff for free. This is what it would cost. And of course, suddenly, it wasn't such an emergency, but if this person was a lot more savvy, I mean, he talks about it like he has a huge business. What he could say is, I have a really big e-commerce store and I know how to do these things. I know how to find customers. I know how to find amazing products. I know how to get things designed. What I 
don't know how to do is set up the shopping cart technical stuff. Is there someone who can bridge the gap and do that and we can do a Skillshare. I'll help you get more traffic if you'll help me design this little technical stuff. That's a win-win for two people. You can be creative. I was just speaking to someone yesterday about negotiating. He's a much better negotiator than me. He was telling me all these different things he's gotten for free and replacements and how things that they say they'll never do for free, he gets them for free all the time. When things break or when his friends have something that break, they ask him to call support to get it taken care of because he's so good at it. And one of the core philosophies I have about negotiating is you have not because you ask not. When I am asked to promote someone's product, I say, can you give me a higher commission than other people? When I introduce two people, I say, can you give me a little taste of the deal for setting it up? All of these little things I only get because I ask. If you introduce two people and don't say anything, you might not get that commission. And it's standard to get a taste for setting up a deal in online marketing and business. It's normal. It has a name. It's called tier two or JV brokering. If it was unnormal, if it didn't happen all the time, it wouldn't have a name. When you buy something, if you don't ask, you'd get no extra. When I buy a surfboard or something from across the country, I always say, hey, can you just throw in shipping? And, sometimes, and this is for anything I buy online, sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. It ends up saving me 50 or $100 sometimes. That's nice. You can save a bit of money just by asking. And many people were so afraid of confrontation or seeming like a cheapskate. And in fact, one of my neighbors recently called me a cheapskate Charlie. And I said, I don't think that's a real term in English, but I guess it's a term in his native language. And I said, it's not that I'm cheap. It's that I don't pay extra. I only buy video games when they're on sale. And they have to be on sale more than 50%. So I'm always waiting for that right moment. I'm not in a rush. I just saw a new video game this morning. I go, oh, I'd love to play that, but it's brand new. And I say, oh, I'll wait a year for it to be on sale. It's fine. I'll enjoy it as much in a year playing it as I would right now, except for in a year, it's gonna cost me 20% or 10% of the cost. That's just my approach to business, one of the ways I perceive money. I'm always trying to be cautious with how I spend things. I don't wanna overpay. My wife has a small stand-up paddleboard. It's good enough for her, but she can't ride it with the kids on or the dog, certainly. It can't handle that additional weight. I can't ride it because it's too small for me. I can surf on it, but I can't stand up and paddle on it. And I have surfed on it. It's actually pretty fun to surf on. Recently, the guy who made those is making a new batch, and they cost half the price of an international one, and these are actually pretty good. They're the best domestic boards I've used. And so we set up a deal where we ordered one because it saves money. The experience will be 99% the same, but the cost to us is 50% the cost. It's being efficient. And I got the better pricing by asking. I said, hey, this is what we need. What can you make happen? And we ended up getting about 20% less than the initial number. So asking for deals, asking for percentages off is the first step. It's the first step to negotiating. If you don't ask for more money, they'll never offer it. No one will ever offer you a raise that you don't ask for. In the military, they have automatic promotions for certain times in grade or certain tests you pass. Because otherwise, there are soldiers who would stay an E1 or an O1 for their entire career because they would never ask for a promotion. Now, their system has a lot more things in place about getting promotions and earning them in different ways, but they know most people won't ask. Most people don't renegotiate. When they go in for a job offer, they don't say anything. They say, what's the salary? And they go, okay, whatever you're offering, I accept it. They see it as a yes, no. This week, we found a house that's for sale. It's a pretty good price but I'm not 100% sure I wanna buy this house. I'm not 100% sure I wanna buy anything. You know, I'm not a 
huge buyer type person. Never thought about buying a house before, but the price actually pretty good. And what I said was that we're more interested in like a rent to own situation. Like we'd want to rent it for a year or two and then decide to buy it. So we can we set up a deal now where we have a fixed system. We rent it for one or two years and then that money counts towards it if we decide to buy it and we fix a price now that we think is reasonable. This puts us in a strong position and it puts the owner in a safe position. He's been trying to sell it for a year. No one's made any offers in the last year. So we know there's not a lot of competition for this house. We're not really worried about it. The owner will then get the benefit of having the steady income from the house and we get the benefit of if we decide to buy it, we can. This is a negotiation that we set up simply by asking. So like that actually idea came from my dad. I told my dad, oh, I'd like to rent it before I buy anything. He goes, why don't you set up a deal where that's the deal? And I said, that's genius. And already through our intermediary, they contacted the person, the person's abroad and the person's interested. So we're moving forward slowly with the negotiations. This way we could live in the house for a year and if we decide we absolutely love it, yeah, we could move forward and buy it or we could keep renting it for a while. So we have different options. It allows us to get both of the things I wanted and this is negotiating, which bartering is a negotiation, right? We offer one thing for another and the next thing we'll enter is the rental price negotiation. The person has moved away permanently, which means the renter is also kind of the caretaker. So when it comes time to price negotiate, I'm sure the person is thinking about raising the price, but in our negotiation, I'll say, well, my family's actually gonna spend a lot of money on maintenance. We're actually already thinking about putting in a pool in the front yard. It's our first thought. We're gonna do a couple of things to improve the property, whether we buy it or not. Surely you're not gonna ask us to pay full price when we're gonna make the product, the house better. My mother, as she went through her career of being a mom, was notorious for improving houses my parents rented. And people always thought that was insane. She would paint it. She goes, well, I'm gonna live here for two years. I want it to look nice. And she would paint the houses that we rented. She would put up wallpaper, make the place nicer. And eventually she worked her way up. And that's part of the reason my family lived in nice houses when we switched from renting to buying. Stewardship is rewarded. You don't have to feel limited by money. It's not your only currency. I set up barter deals all the time. Now they don't always come through. Sometimes someone approaches me and they're saying, oh, think about this business model or this and that. And, you, and we start talking about Skillshare. And this is usually for someone who's very good. I recently was talking with a very expensive copywriter who has been writing copy for much longer than me and has a much more firm history and career. And, I, and he said, he was about to go into marketing and like, I said, why don't you go through my system? I'll teach you how to do Amazon, how to build that as a business so you can focus on the stuff you love doing and start building a business instead of going into markets you don't want to do just because you feel like you know how. Then I gave him access to some stuff and then it's been a week and I haven't heard from him. Now that doesn't mean the deal is going to fail. It most likely means that he watched a couple of videos and decided he wasn't interested in it or he got distracted by work. The least likely possibility is he's going to go through the entire program and never speak to me again. And if he does, okay. Sometimes you do a negotiation. He's only getting access to some limited stuff. They're really the coaching, the one-on-one -on -one time with me, and the communication with me is the big value. But not every barter or every deal comes up the way you hope. This is why you set up lots of deals and lots of barter things and offer things to people all the time. I love Skillshares. I'm not as big fan of partnering on things as I used to be. I tried partnering when I first started this business. It ended in disaster for me. I partner on a lot of projects, but my most successful businesses have always been solo. I'm putting out more and more things under the Serve No Master brand and working on some really cool things. And a lot of the stuff gets there 
because of bartering and skill shares because I say to someone, teach me how to do this and I'll teach you how to do that. I would love to say that the cards I've been working on, which I can't wait to release, and in fact, I'm probably gonna announce them before this podcast episode goes up. The day I'm recording this, three days earlier, they sent the first demo deck of cards and I'm gonna show you this very exciting process. It was an idea from someone who I was skill sharing with and he said, here's this idea I have, I can't figure out how to make it work and he bought a course on it that had some missing pieces and he said, if you figure out this whole thing, will you teach me? And so I'm actually sending him the first deck of cards to look at and take pictures for me. I live so far away, I don't want them to have to send them internationally, it might not even arrive, it would take extra weeks. This cuts down on my cycle. So he's going to take the pictures for me with his nice camera, do all of those things that really help me when I'm ready to sell the product. I'm very excited about that. We're bartering. He also is getting a free version of the very first version of the product. Uh, another thing I'm working on is adult coloring books. I actually designed five or six adult coloring books several years ago and I never released them for a myriad of reasons. I have a lot of content. When I was really first going crazy about Amazon two or three years ago, I had a bunch of stuff ghostwritten for me and I didn't release a lot of it. Mostly because I got so distracted by lots of other projects. I found a product two days ago that I half made. I made all the slides to put all the content together. All I hadn't done was add the images to the slides for the blogging for dollars course. A blogging course, the sales page is half written the product image is in the members area, and I completely forgot that I progressed on the product that far. So sometimes I'm working on so many projects, I get something really far and then something else happens. But I found it the other day, and now I'm gonna try and finish it and release it very quickly. But the problem with the coloring books is that I want to see one in my hands before I sell it, before I release it. And I said to someone else who I've been doing some ID exchanges with, can you let me send you these coloring books? and then you'll take some pictures and really give me a lot of feedback before I start selling them. I'm 99% sure they're fine. My only question is about the formatting. It's not the content. It's about how they'll look on the page and I wanna to see to make sure that I have a deep understanding of what the customer's gonna receive. So once I complete this process, I will start selling these books and I'm deciding whether or not to place them totally under my other brand, which is called Art of Coloring Book, or I'll also have my name on them because they're adult coloring books. Maybe some people follow me would think they're cool too. I haven't fully decided. That's something I'm thinking about, how many author names to put on stuff. But having someone else receive them is an exchange. Some people will charge you to send them a product for free and take pictures for you. Because it's a business thing, fair enough. But in this case, she gets coloring books for her kids for free and all she has to do is give me feedback. She doesn't even have to take pictures because that's not how I'm gonna sell them probably. This is very valuable to me. This is a very valuable experience. It's very valuable for her. She gets something for free and I get someone to give me really valuable feedback. And when you're getting a demo of a product, when you're getting a, the first printing sent before print on demand, it costs under $10. Sometimes it's like $3 and the shipping's three or $4. And sometimes it's five and five, but it ends up being a little under 10 usually. I haven't been able to release these products for a long time because I haven't been in a situation where I could get a bunch sent to me to check out. This is bartering, this is skill sharing, this is why I'm such a believer in networking. I'm limited in many ways in business because I live on this amazing tropical island. I'm watching a beautiful sunrise. I'm sure you can hear all the birds. I know that they are so loud, they cut through the mic. But there's a price for paradise and part of the price is that there are certain things I can't get access to or certain things that I can't do very easily. Yes. I could try to send coloring books and cards to me, but the shipping would be significantly more. And here, when you mail something, 
the odds of it arriving are 50-50. So I have to pay for way more shipping and probably have to do it twice for everything I want to get sent here. And usually when something comes in the mail internationally, the mailman shows up with his hand out and you have to pay a bribe. They call it an import tax, but even if you send yourself something, you have to deal with this. Having people that I can send demo products to who will look at them, take pictures of them, tell me the real experience is very, very, very valuable to me. It allows me to do things that I couldn't do by living here. It expands my operations ability. Now, for a while I've been sending stuff to my business address, I have a PO box and it goes to my bookkeeper, but her job is not taking pictures of things. It's not inside of her skill set. It's outside of her skill set. And so it's not a great use of her time. And she took pictures of the first set of cards, but she doesn't have a really fancy camera. She doesn't need one. She's a bookkeeper and a picture taker. She has a good cell phone camera, but when you're doing product shots, you want like a really nice picture, really as high quality as you can get. And so it's outside her wheelhouse. And I have to pay her for the time of going to the P.O. box, I have to pay her for driving back from the P.O. box, I have to pay her for taking the pictures and all of these things and it certainly helps me but it's even better to have someone who's passionate about the particular thing and who I can send loads of stuff to. It really helps me out to have people that are really get my vision and so I've moved from having her do a lot of stuff because I, sometimes I feel like I'm putting her out I don't want to make her drive to the P.O. box which is far away from where she lives now all the time. She moved from near where she set up the P.O. box to somewhere else, so it's kind of inconvenient for her. So I like having things that I can send to other people and they can really give me their whole experience. It's a lot of value to me. And it means that I can grow specific areas of my business much faster. When you're thinking about people to barter with, the larger your network is, the easier it is. And you can even reach out to your network for key information and say, if you're thinking of hiring someone, you can ask people who really know better than you. I'm thinking about getting someone to help with wet my website. Someone recently <laughs> sent an email with a list of problems they found on my website and they said, just forward this to your web designer. He should be doing a better job, your full-time web developer. And I said, I don't have one of those. It's me. It's all, it's all me. But it would really help me to build pages faster and do some cooler things. I was talking to my friend who I'm working with on a project who's a full stack developer. That means he's super amazing at development. He can build software. He built the um, Kindle Sniper HTML keyword generator the thing that helps you write really amazing Amazon descriptions, but his skill is too high for what I'm looking for. And when I initially said, oh, I'm thinking of hiring a web developer, he said a number, I said, well, here's the things I need him doing. This, 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 and this. And he goes, oh, that's not, that's not the right name for it. What you're looking for is more of a, like a WordPress person who can modify stuff, but it's not doing any actual HTML. And so the second price he gave me was significantly lower than the first price. Speaking to an expert and getting that piece of information is going to save me a great deal of money when I'm ready to pull the trigger on hiring another staff person. I'm not really in love with the idea of having a huge staff. I never thought I'd go up to four people. I had one person for a long time. That was more than enough. But because of the problems with my eyes and the problems with medical stuff in my family, I have to shift how I spend my time. I need to spend more time taking care of my family when something goes wrong and I need to be faster. Processes with writing a book before would take me on my own, maybe two months. And now, with my team, I only have to invest of my own time a single work day. That's a huge return on investment for time. Very valuable to me. And the people I'm working with now, my team is really wonderful. This is gold for me. But knowing how to grow your business, knowing these things, sometimes that's the information you have to barter for. I want you to take a look at your business today in the areas where you feel like you're lacking, where you feel you're behind and see if there's a way you can accelerate them with barter. This is your assignment. This is a podcast with a bit of an assignment at the end, a little homework. If you're a really good editor and you feel 
stuck with the actual writing of a book, you can find an author to partner with in different ways. You can say, hey, why don't you help me get better at writing books? Talk me through the process of designing or writing your outlining. Help me with my outlines and I'll help you with your editing. Almost every author in the world would accept that deal. That's a very valuable deal. Yesterday, I can't tell you how long I spent trying to find someone to help me format a coloring book. I finally found someone who offered to do it for a price. And as with everyone I ever find who does formatting, they said, triple, the price is triple. In a coloring book, i tell you right now, there's a couple of key things. We'll talk about this in a later episode, but the easiest way to do print-on-demand coloring books is through CreateSpace, which is owned by Amazon. And that means the pages are thin. They're just like a regular book's pages. So the last thing you want to do for someone is put images on front and back. So when you're sending in the design, you do coloring page or design page, then blank. And that means the front of the page will be designed, the back of the page will be blank. So if someone likes a drawing they do, they can cut it out and put it on the fridge or something. And these people said, well, we got to bill you for those pages. That we had to format them too. And I said, you're telling me I have to pay double for the blank pages? And I got very annoyed. And I researched and researched. And finally, after trying to find someone to barter with, I found a lesson online, which told me exactly how to do it. I found this amazing YouTube video from a couple years ago that explained how someone else did it. I made a few tweaks, but it completely solved my problem. I also discovered the reason I was having trouble uploading my file was a browser issue, not a formatting issue. It took me a lot of research, but having someone who already does coloring books and could have told me what to do would have been super valuable for me. It would have really helped me and saved me a great deal of time and an immense amount of frustration. You might be an expert at something that's small, but when someone's looking for that particular thing, it's super valuable. It's very valuable in the moment. Look at your skill sets. Look at ways where you can partner with people or things that you need to know and what you have to offer. And you can find that what you get is in your mind more valuable than what you're giving. That's how you know you have a good deal. And it's a great deal when the other person feels the exact opposite. They feel like they're giving you something that's not worth nearly as much as what they're getting. And when you're both excited and both happy afterwards, that's when you had a great barter exchange and a great trade. So today, look for at least one and even better three areas of your business where you can use bartering to accelerate your growth, decrease your monthly spend, cut down on those expenses, or make more money. Give yourself more free time. Look at those areas of how you can grow your business and let me know in the comments below. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Serve No Master. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll be back tomorrow with more tips and tactics on how to escape that rat race. Head over to servenomaster.com forward slash podcasts now for your chance to win a free copy of Jonathan's bestseller, Serve No Master. All you have to do is leave a five-star review of this podcast. See you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Serve No Master podcast. Follow me at facebook.com backslash serve no master.